Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. Welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me today. And today we are going to talk with one of the leading leadership sales and business coaches in the game. Alex Dumas is my guest today, and we are going to get into what it takes to be an incredible leader. We're going to be talking entrepreneurship, and one of his specialties is uh, sales and launches. So I love bringing on the show people who motivate and inspire me and our mentors, uh, both for me personally or in my business. And I am really excited to jump into this conversation today with Alex. But before we do that, let me just encourage all of you to pause the podcast really quick and to go do the love, share the love. uh, And you do that by quickly leaving a review. You can do it on uh, whatever platform you are listening to, but those reviews make all the difference in the world. Uh, And also share the show and go to my Instagram and and leave feedback on uh, your thoughts on today's show. Both uh, Alex and I love and appreciate that. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the show, Alex. I'm really excited for our chat today. We have uh, lots of different things that we're going to be getting into. We're going to be, you know, you're a well-known leadership coach and um, you coach executives, you coach CEOs. uh, And so we're going to get into a lot of that advice and, um, you know, we're going to be talking about communication today. We're going to be touching a little bit on DEI, lots of good stuff. But on this show, before we get into all of that, I love to know a little bit about uh, your kind of backstory, um, a little bit of how you got to where you're at, what your you know hustle has been. I think we all work a whole lot harder than people assume or people see on the outside. And we probably worked for a long time when no one was even paying attention, you know, to get yeah, people to pay attention. Sure. So, Um, I like to expose that a little bit just because I think there's, you know, a lot of misconception that um, things happen overnight. (laughs) And I know your success probably didn't happen overnight. Mine sure didn't either. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to, to where you're at. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. And I'll do my best to make this a cliff notes because, right, this this could be a 24-hour <laughs> breakdown <laughs> right. of my life. But really, it, it has been a lifelong journey. Uh, I grew up in New York and Long Island. So shout out to my hometown of Brentwood. I live in North Carolina now for the past few years. And growing up in New York, it was your traditional kind of standard middle-class home. I'm the youngest of four kids. I like to say my parents saved the best for last, which is true. And uh, <laughs> one of the things that I experienced, I, I, I laid it out first because most people, when you hear my story, they might think, oh my goodness, this guy came from this terrible background. How did he feel all these different things? I'm going to get into that in a second, but I want to really lay down that foundation. Like, hey, my parents were great for me. My my brothers, my sister, everybody you know, treated me fairly. There was no abuse. There was nothing crazy going on. But what I experienced as a kid, I, I had this one moment, this defining moment. Maybe it was like my, my first real memory of looking at a family portrait, my mom, dad, my brothers, my sister were there. But I could do math. I'm like, I'm the youngest of four, but I only see three kids. And that created a story in me that, well, I don't exist. I'm not important. I'm insignificant. And life 
moving along was about trying to fit in and just kind of being out of step of everybody, trying to impress people, trying to be loud and, and all these different things and be class clown, all this different stuff and falling with drugs and, and depression, all these just these yeah. addictions, right? All these, this pain in my life. But I needed all that because around 2016 is where I found this world called coaching. Mm. And coaching helped me realized something that was really important that I didn't know was missing. I realized that I have a choice and how I want to reinvent myself and how I wanted to create myself. I thought life would be just uh, simple as this is how it is. This is who I am. This is all I can do. And right. This is the predestined thing instead of, Oh, what would I like to do? Yeah. What, what do I choose to do? What do I, what am I excited about? What am I inspired by? And that's been the journey for these past few years of working on myself, doing the deep work on myself, like you said, this overnight success, which has taken 40 plus years right now right. of, of moving into. And it's just been, a, it's been a blast, but I, I wouldn't trade it. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that adversity, a, it makes you a better coach for one thing. I mean, yeah. I, I am in the position where I feel like I've lived 10 lives and been through so much. And sometimes when you're going through it, you're like, why do I have to go through this exactly? And then inevitably it comes in and just, um, you know, it for sure has impacted my coaching has made me a better coach. So, and you talk, um, you talk a lot about the, the choices that we have and how those choices are responsible for obviously our outcomes. And I think people, you know, might know that consciously, but we're still going about making the same choices that are getting us results we don't want. So do we really know it? You know? Um, yeah. So it sounds like that was kind of the genesis of your change too. Just that light bulb moment of like, Oh, wait a second. I don't have to just turn in every day, you know, like punch a clock groundhog day. This is what it is, which a lot of people live like that. I lived like that before, you know, yeah. I learned all of this stuff too. Um, and it's no way to live, right? We get one life on this planet. And, and if you don't know that you have choices, like, what does that look like? What share a little bit about, um, you know, how that realization came about for you and how it's changed you. Yeah. I think it's been a gradual process for me. And what I can see now was these two areas, right? These two areas of questions because I, I really believe in hey, if I ask myself good questions good quality questions quality of my life improves and growing up my quality of questions was around why is it like this why can't I have that why is he this and why why doesn't she like me and why right it's all these different things and all the fingers are pointed out here outside, and then I started to outside, realize, yeah. <laughs> like, oh what if I take actual responsibility what if I act like a grown-up for once but that also helped me unlock hmm, what would I like to create from the situation, right? Hard times happen for everybody. I mean, you, you're a perfect example of somebody who's found a way to thrive. And I think that's a big thing about not just for coaches, but just what I call champions in life, right? People who are going to have obstacles, but you get a chance to look at it as a, what's the opportunity here? What's the gold that I can find from it? What can I create from that versus damn it life sucks yeah oh well boohoo all right you can have that if you want to but at the end of the day i'm responsible for me i can't right. look at sarah and be like man sarah's got a podcast and she's got books and and she's working with these people and 
there's nothing for me. Where, where? Right, like, right. no. I can see you. It's like, wow, she can do that. Or or some other leadership right. thought leader in our in our space could do that. Maybe I can too. What if? It sounds yeah. corny, but what if is like super. Oh my God. What if is powerful. what if is incredible? Um, you know, yeah. I I say that I think it was the very first aha moment that I ever had, and it came on my blackest day of my entire life. And it was just, I think most of us use it in such a negative way, right? We use it to tear ourselves down or we use it to like tear our dreams apart or, you know, it's always set in a way that erodes <laughs> whatever it is that we're working on. Right. But man, it's, it's the easiest hack in the whole world. If you just flip it around on the other side and, and be like, well, what if that was possible? What if I was success? What if I'm a bigger success than I ever imagined? What does that look like? And then all of a sudden it leads, totally leads you out of that box and starts opening up, you know, next, next steps and helps you, you know, kind of figure it out. So what if is one of the questions, the core questions that I go to right off the bat, and it's definitely one of the things I flip whenever I'm hearing myself do it in a negative way. But what are some of the other questions? Do you have any kind of questions that maybe generically help someone um, to kind of recognize the fact that they have choices? Because, you know, circumstance circumstances are one of those things where a lot of times we feel like there's so much that is completely out of our control, right? We might have just yeah. lost a job. We might have been laid off. We might have had a tragedy in our life. So like you said, all those questions were pointing out for you for most of your life. They were pointing out for me most of my life too. <clears throat> and that that's makes you feel helpless, right? It really makes you feel like, man, I don't have any control over my life. All these things keep happening to me. What's going on? How does someone kind of get out of that mentality and get to a place where they start seeing, hey, there are options, there are choices. Yeah, one of the big things that, that helped me was thinking about who can I help today? Who can I serve today? And I, I say that because if I make it all about me, if I start being in this place of like, man, I suck, I'm worthless, I can't do this, this client dropped me. But if I start descending that place, then my level of consciousness is going to be stuck at that place. And it's not a judgment on me, but I, like I said, I want to live into better questions. So if I think about, hey, who can I help? Who can I serve? Now that gets me into a creative zone. That helps me start to, that gets me off the couch, right? <laughs> Literally and metaphorically in my mind of, oh, boo-hoo, wham, wham. Like, no, no. If I help somebody, you know, now I'm in motion, I'm in action. And that that creates super amount of ripples effects, you know? And yeah. people don't realize that. People don't realize that. They think it's going to be this immediate gratification. Like, oh, man. No, there's people that come up to me years later, like, man, that post you shared that that podcast you did that whatever it is man that really helped me in this moment i'm like i don't even know what i said yeah. but hey yeah yeah. Take it. <laughs> yeah i love that and for anyone out there who who doesn't even kind of know how you can help someone or how you can serve someone or maybe you don't have that um identified or established there's so many ways that you can start giving away that same energy for it to come back to you i you know on my um on my social media the other day and, and you were commenting and I, I loved it. I mean, one of the little things like give a compliment away, like tell the stranger they look gorgeous today. Like, you know, give a compliment to the Starbucks person that when you were getting your drink, like there are so many little things that you can do, even if you haven't kind of found your niche or found the way that you're going to serve the world in a greater purpose kind of way, 
where you can start that process and you can start that mentality, right? And and start bringing it back to you because what you give away is what you get back, right? Yeah. Service never goes out of style. The universe loves to reward, you know, whatever you believe in God, universe, spirit, we'll just call him yeah. Gus in this space, right? <laughs> Gus loves to reward those like, hey, this is a faithful servant. That's a steward of, of possibility. That's a steward of abundance. You know what? I'm going to sprinkle some some positivity, some opportunities in his or her life. Yeah, absolutely. It comes back to you, right? The the core base of the law of attraction, what I'm putting out is what I'm receiving. So even if you yeah. feel like you have nothing or your circumstances really, really suck, you always have that. You always have the choice to give out that energy to make someone else's day. I have this little thing that I've taught my kids since they were school age. Every time I dropped them off at school, I was always like, go make someone's day, make someone's day. And then when I pick them up, Hey, did you make someone's day? You know, and it's, it could be a smile. It could be whatever. Um, but that kind of mentality, like I'm going to give away the thing I want. Yeah. Right? A lot of times we're holding on to it. We're like, why isn't anyone making me feel great today? Like, why isn't anyone nice to me? Like give it away and see what happens. Right. It's just a physical thing, right? If you're holding on to it, how can you receive? How can you yeah blessings all for uh, me mm. i love that i love that and you talk about um the 10 different kind of principles or disciplines when it comes to communication and yeah. having conversations that are a win-win on both sides i'm a huge believer in that i think man oh man i wish we were taught communication skills in school like we would be different human beings if we all had to take a communications class like a human communication because it's <laughs> just learning how to do it and how to adapt for other people is a freaking job in itself. And, you know, I think most people don't care enough to kind of put some, some effort into it. So what have you learned about communication and, and how do you coach some of your clients on it? Yeah, I'll, I'll share with this story. This is in real time, right? This is my life. So today, as we're recording this last night, we had a plumbing issue in one of our showers, right? Like the shower wouldn't turn off. It's going, going, going. I'm like, okay, you got to find out a way to fix it. I'm not a handy person, so to speak. So I go on my phone. I'm looking on YouTube, trying to see things. I'm also eating dinner because it's like late at night. I haven't eaten in hours. My wife sees it. She goes out. She does her thing. And we have a conversation about this morning. She kind of like throws out like a little snippy remark at me like, oh, you know, you know, you were watching while I was moving. I was in action. I'm like, OK, took that personally. But I also gave myself a moment to breathe and be like, hey, you know, what? I didn't appreciate that. And I kind of laid out like, hey, this is what was going on for me. And what she shared was like, you know what? I had a coaching call at that time. Our son was screaming. He's eight years old. Um, it was interrupting her flow. She hadn't eaten. So we were both having our two experiences. Right. But one of the things I talk about is you know, ruthless honesty, right? It's just like, yeah, I was honest about that. Like, in the past, growing up, I would have like held that in. I would have like right. resented her. I would have been like, man, she doesn't understand me. She doesn't know how hard I'm working. Like, no, no, wait. Exactly. She didn't get it, but I didn't get her perspective of it. Now we were like, oh, we hugged it out. We're like, oh, okay, we're good now. Yeah. yeah. There's no tension. There's no uh, going to bed, like backs turned to each other. Like, I can't believe she she doesn't appreciate me as a man and her. Like, I can't believe he's so lazy as a husband. And no, it's just, right. let's be honest. Let's be present with each other. And let's let's come to a place of understanding. And, and that's beautiful. And, and when I get to do that with clients, they start to see these possibilities for themselves. Like, oh, how have I been showing up, right? It's less about what we're doing as a communicator. It's really more about who we're being 
Am I coming from a place of, of being enthusiastic about this person? Am I coming from a place of being curious and am I decisive? These different principles I talk about. So that's in real time for me. And maybe that serves somebody that one of the listeners here. Yeah. And I think that's so true, right? Because when you've held it in, which a lot of us did, we didn't have any other skills to do and we would just go to bed angry or be frustrated or whatever the case is. Then what starts to happen is you start to look for that to happen again. And it just stacks, right? It just keeps stacking. Like you always do this. It turns in, right? You are always this, you were always that, right? Because they're all just stacking and you finally blow versus just saying, you know what, can I take a beat real quick or having some sort of agreed upon word that's like, I know what you're, I know we're going to come back to this, right? I think that's important. Um, So someone knows you're not being dismissive or not hearing them. Give me a minute. Let me kind of get my thoughts together or whatever. And then ask questions. I think, I think questions are just the key to everything, right? Just be curious. Just say, where did that come from? Like, did I miss something? Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I'll tell you what I was thinking, but like, I want to know what you were thinking too, because then the opposite happens the next time you're looking for the signs that lead up to that to be like, oh, I see he's kind of in the same space that he was in the other day. And he told me what he needed in this moment. Now I can give it right. Like maybe it's space or maybe it's like an affirmation or whatever the case is. Like you can start to show up differently and that communication can actually change the relationship for the better. And I think that's true in the personal, as well as I would assume, you know, a CEO is leading a company or a leader who's leading yeah. a company. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's really coming from that be in place of how you want to communicate. If um, I've been in management spaces before, and I can say for sure that I was a terrible manager. I come from the nonprofit space. So working with individuals, with special needs, that that's a tough field already to begin with. And there would be times where I would be more of a dictator, like, hey, I need you to do this, like, get this done. Right. And maybe the person, they know, right, the mechanics of it, but they do not really understand the rationale of, like, why this has to be done this way, or why is this just the procedure? And maybe if I take in five minutes, two minutes, maybe tops, like, hey, you know what, let's talk about this, break this down. And now they're both on, we're both on the same page. It's less of them being like, oh, this guy's telling me what to do. Right. And as humans, I don't know about you, but someone tells me what to do. I'm already rebelling. You get defensive. Like immediately, yeah. you're like, really? <laughs> oh, you want me to do that? All right, well, here's a, I got yeah. five fingers, but one of them is going to serve you. Right, <laughs> exactly. You know, there's so, um, there's so many like easy little tweaks that change that, right? Like that, that have the communication be an open dialogue and a dialogue that you both leave feeling really good, feeling like, wow, not only, you know, was I heard, but A, hopefully we're on the same page, but then maybe you got even a better suggestion. Maybe you got even a better way to do something. So, you know, one of the little tricks that I have is to start out by saying, hey, this is what I'm thinking, right? Versus like, go do this. Because if you say like, hey, this is what I'm thinking, based on what you're about to tell them to do or whatever the case is, right? That leaves it open to, if they do have a better way to do it, I want to know that is what is going to make me a great leader. That like, I only got one head in here, right? And it's going round in circles. Like I want to surround myself with people who are going to give me an alternate view, who are going to tell me options I haven't thought about, who are going to flush some shit out that I, you know, never crossed my mind. And I think there's little ways you can do that to kind of open someone up 
and get that feedback versus immediately getting the defensiveness. Are there any other ones that, that you use or any other tricks that people can do? Yeah. I mean, the, the trick, I, I don't know if I even want to call it a trick, but really just come from a place of generous listening. Like I really want to come from a spot of how can I find some gold in what this person is sharing? And and you said a great word a few seconds ago, you didn't catch it. Right. But the dialogue, yeah. it's a dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's not me lecturing you and teaching you it's like it's open communication collaboration i think the best leaders they when they really master that it, it's impossible for you to be the jack of all trades if sarah has all the answers then what do you need us for right, right. yeah <laughs> yeah it's not serving anybody and and yeah. that's not a growth mindset no. <laughs> it's <a> dictatorship <laughs> right what are some other tips that you have uh around communication whether it's in the office you know with your team or in the personal space yeah i think a big one is just clarity being clear on what this is about right if it's we're going to go into a professional setting we've all been in in meetings where it's been like it's an hour but maybe yeah. five minutes of it was actually useful it's just been people kind of coming in doing like all right i'm i'm a funny guy i'm a nice guy but i'm also like hey can we get to it right like what's the thing <laughs> and then let's, the let's solve that and, move, and yeah. move on right <laughs> so and the professional professional said yeah that that's important and even in the personal life right am i clear like with my kids i have a 13 year old of eight year old i got to be very clear about hey this is what we're doing today right yeah <laughs> because then it can get in it could spiral out of control like well the, the dishes aren't done. Uh, this stuff isn't picked up. I told you guys to do this. And like, I, right. You can even yeah. hear it. It starts building up. Like I told you it was supposed to be done. It's like, I didn't even know we, when, when was it supposed to be right. done? Did you want to get it done in the next hour? Right. I can be over in a, in my office here fuming like, man, these kids are so lazy. They don't listen to me. They don't respect me. And they're just not clear about what my agreement with them was versus yeah. the expectation of, you're supposed to do this. I'm the dad. I'm the all-powerful, all-knowing. Right. No, no. It's a collaborative effort. Hey, kids, mom's going to be home. Uh, we want to do this stuff. Hey, can you help me clean this such and such room or whatever? And by this time, so that we can make, so that, right? Yeah, so yeah. that is going to be for the a leader. is everything. Yeah. So that's going to be a leader's probably secret weapon, right? Because- mm -hmm. It's it's prepping that person like, hey, we need to get this done so that this now this desired outcome is going to pop out at the end of it. Now, if I can see it, yeah. I can be into I can live into that versus, oh, you just told me to be here. Well, I don't right. really want it. But I guess I got to like because I don't get yelled at. Right. <laughs> and it gets everyone invested in the outcome. Yeah. Right. It's, enroll it's enrollment. Yeah, they're yeah. they're invested. They want to make sure that they're hitting it and they understand why they're doing something. And kids. I swear I've learned most of my communication skills from being a parent, right? They, they They're the best you, teachers. Yeah, they teach you that you need to explain yourself and not yeah. in every situation, but but it's okay when you do. Like if someone doesn't understand you, it's a whole lot better to say, hey, can I just take a second and tell you where I'm coming from? Or can I explain kind of what I'm thinking here? Whatever the case is, because there's so many assumptions that I think happen in communication. Yeah. Um, that just are so off base. It's unreal, yeah. right? And then you're building up all it these things. It freezes the other person. It's a disservice to the other person. I've been in spaces where a teacher or a parent, you know, my wife has said something and I thought I got it and I didn't clarify. And then all of a sudden 
this backlash and stuff is coming like, whoa, now I'm internalized. Like, wow, I'm a bad listener. I'm a bad person, right? I just, I start to descend down this place. And now the next moment I'm, I'm hesitating. I'm not clear. I'm not like, oh, well, uh, no. Yeah. I want to be decisive. I want to be clear about what I'm doing. And then I do it to the best level of my ability. And the other person gets to experience service at a high level. Yeah. And everybody wins in that case. I love that. What are some of the maybe across the board challenges that you see with the leaders that you work with um, in today's environment? I and mean, there's there's a lot probably in the post-COVID world, we're just in a very different physical working environment than we were five years ago. Um, that certainly has put challenges on communication on, you know, yeah. every possible level. But are there some some other challenges that you're seeing out there? Um, and then how are you helping those leaders kind of get through them? Yeah, I would say, especially in this post-COVID world, it's the fear, the fear of losing people, the fear of, well, this person doesn't come into the office now. This is this is going to ruin the team camaraderie. Uh, how I engage with people in this different way, right? It's different from someone being in the boardroom or meeting space and we get to bounce ideas off each other. Now it's, Hey, can you come on camera? Like, can I see your face? Right. <laughs> right? I see the reaction. I need to know yeah. your attention. <laughs> you know, can I gauge, you know, where you're coming from? So I think that's a big part of it. And also just, uh, I would say the awakening of people that with a leader and this is something we just talked about where they don't have to be stoic. They don't have to keep it all to the chest. Like I think, the leaders that have thrived with me, once they start to delegate some of those things and start to trust their team, right? This is kind of tying into the fear. It, it actually helps them sleep at night a lot more. Yeah. Like, wow, this person's got it. I don't have to stress about this. I, I don't have to micromanage, hover. And I actually get to be, I actually get to do the things that I love to do, which is create, which is think, network, build the brand, build the business versus be in it. Uh, did she send this email is this memo right like nobody what are you doing about that (laughs) you'll become a leader to do that and i know you um you also really consult a lot on launches and so i'm sure you've been with businesses at the expansion stage or kind of at that early stage too and i know a lot of our listeners are are entrepreneurs and maybe have been or are currently solopreneurs where their business is growing and things are great. And now it's time to expand the team. And I mean, you just hit on two of the biggest things, trust. It's hard when it's your first growth spot, you know, it's probably hard all along the the ladder, but certainly in the beginning, um, when something is your baby, your idea, your thing, and then you have to bring other people and strangers or not Mm -hmm. into your absolute confidence when it comes to sharing everything about your business. I think that's really hard. And then the other piece of that is the delegation. I think both those are just really, really tough for a newer entrepreneur. Um, can you talk a little bit about those? I mean, I, I've dealt with both of them and both my businesses. I mean, they're, it's really, really tough. Yeah. Earlier this year, as recording, this is in February of this year, myself and three other coaches, we launched a membership site called the BIPOC Coach Collective. And the four of us have our special powers. I'm, I'm I'm really big on community building, networking, things like that. And I had to learn, I had to relearn from myself of 
not stepping over toes, not crossing over boundaries, yeah. not doing stuff that's not necessarily in my wheelhouse because, you know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a high energy guy. <laughs> and if you tell me to do something, I will run and I will keep going because I, right. I, I have a standard of excellence for myself and learning to recognize that, okay, some people aren't as high octane as me, which is fine. It's not a judgment. All right. How do I work with them and navigate with them? How do I communicate with them in a space that allows them to trust that I can trust their wisdom? You know, I might, I might think this is a great idea. Man, we should do this. Like, hold on, slow down. Wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> Time out, pause. Let's look at this on a logistical space. I'm not a super logistical person. I'm an idea guy. I'm a creative guy. Hey, let's make this happen right. tomorrow. And they're like, Vision. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That may not be true. So that's actually helped me a lot. It's helped me rein in a lot of my ideas and help me slow down and pause and think about, all right, I have these big visions, these big dreams. All right, now who's available to me that can help me execute that? Yeah. That's big for I any solopreneur, any entrepreneur. Like, who's available to me? Because we think we got to do it all ourselves. Right. But I guarantee if you took five, 10 minutes and just jotted down like five, 10 names, something like that. Like, hey, you know, this person's really good at graphics. Hey, this person's really good at this. Oh, you know what? This person connected me with them. You know, let me reach out. And all of a sudden you have your your web, your orbit of people are here to support you. People want to help you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Let's not mistake like, oh, it's just me, kill, kill or be killed. No, at least yeah. the communities I'm a part of, everybody's looking to help each other out. And when you show up from that place authentically and you give generously, you listen to people, it always comes back. Well, and not only that, a lot of that is win-win too, right? Yeah. You know, like there's so many, especially if you're a solopreneur or, you know, have a smaller business that you're building, those networks that you're making with other like-minded or other, you know, people who are in a similar spot in your business, almost all of those are going to be win-win in yeah. some capacity, right? And so someone showing up for you, I think a lot of people have a hard time asking for help, hand raised, mm -hmm. <laughs> very hard time asking for help or even recognizing when I needed it. It just, you know, I've been used to doing my own thing for a long time in my own world. And so even, even realizing like, oh my God, someone, else, someone I know would love to do this is way better at this, could do it in half the time. And maybe I could coach them as an exchange or something. There's always something that, you know, you're not in a position where you feel like you're taking from other people. Cause I think a lot of people are afraid to do that. Right. I don't want to ask cause I don't want to feel like I'm being a burden to someone, but there's so many ways that you can, can do it where it's genuinely beneficial to both. Yeah. This just sparked a thought. What's been the best help that you ever received? Oh, it's <laughs> a really good question. I think this is such an important conversation for me because it's, it's recent. I would say probably the last four, maybe even only three years is a time where I really was like, okay, I have to do this. If I want to grow and be successful the way that I envision and dream of, I absolutely cannot do this by myself. And yeah. so I think that first recognition of how do I pull a team together that can do all the things that I am not good at? That's key. I think that's number one is knowing what you're good at and knowing what you're not good at. Yes, um, that honesty. Yeah. yeah, and then having really frank conversations with those individuals. And, um, you know, I 
built my corporate team and we had eight advisors when we first started. And that's what I went out and looked for. I was like, who is strong in all the areas I'm not and how do I bring them together? And, um, you know, it's evolved over time and, and a lot has changed on that. But I think, um, to answer your question straight out, I think the exchange of, I am here for you and you are here for me, probably being on the Ed Milet show was the biggest help I ever received. And I didn't know it and I didn't ask for it. Yeah. The universe brought it to me and it was incredible. I think it um, changed so much, but as soon as that show was done, I knew immediately it was like, oh, that is going to change my life. Like that was a conversation I'm never going to forget. Right. And, and for the next week, I kept on thinking, how can I give back? Like I've got to do something. And I am not in a position to help in my life anyway, let's be honest. Um, and <laughs> I definitely wasn't then. I was like, my company wasn't even a year old. I was barely, barely making it. Um, but I was like, there's gotta be something I can do. There's gotta be something that I can offer. Um, uh, and I thought about it for about a week and a half. And then I reached out and was like, Hey, you need to write a book. Like, how can I help you? Can I introduce you to my agent? Like, can I help you write the proposal? Like, what do you need? And, um, that led to that, that amazing collaboration on his first book. So I think having that mindset of understanding that, the collaboration or either someone offering help or you asking for help. If you're coming from that pure place, there's always something that is a, a give and take that makes you both feel great. Right. <laughs> and that helps elevate you both. And you never know what that could be. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And, and it's, that's powerful, right? Because, you know, as I've been listening, I've been following him for, for a number of years and, and I saw your episode with him. So that's, you know, one of the ways like, I got introduced to you in, in your book and yeah. on your work. And, and now as I hear him, he's like, oh, he's writing, he's in the process of writing his third book. Right. So you have that genesis, that spawn of that first book. Then he has the power of one more than yeah. whatever he's going to name this book. And then who knows, he's probably going to write 10 more. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. That's not it, possible without you. Without well, you I think it's team. just one of those things that a lot of times we discount what we can bring to the table for someone. And, you know, initially I was like, how am I going to help this guy? Right. Like he's on a completely different level than, than me. And so I initially, you're kind of like, well, there's not a lot I can do. I can be grateful. I can this, that, or the other thing, but there is always something that you have. There's something unique that you have. Um, and I think if, if you're not afraid to kind of put yourself out there, because, you know, that was the next step I had to be like, Hey, what about this? And, you know, here's what I'm thinking. And uh, you know, was stood up and, and gave the pitch and he would, it was amazing. And, and we're very good friends still to this day, because I think I went to that next kind of level of building the relationship and wanting to reciprocate something. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's different in every situation, obviously, but um, whoever's listening, like don't discount what you bring to the table because we all have incredible gifts. And I think knowing what yours are is so important, you know, we don't have everything, right? right. <laughs> Heck I mean, no. There's plenty that I'm missing and I'm fine with that, right? I've got what I got and the things that I've got, the gifts that I have, I'm really practice. And I think for people listening, practice is going to be the, the, the separator, Right. There's a lot of people yeah. who have great ideas that are, are that are talented, but all it's just daily commitment, daily practice of like, you know, how can I serve today? And it doesn't have to be with money, doesn't have to be with anything. I just think to myself, hey, how can I make 
and I, I use this lingo, right? I'm like, how can I make a $10,000 connection for somebody today? How mm. can I put enough value in this person's life that it explodes? I'm like, oh, yeah, I can share stories for days and days about people like, man, thank you for connecting this person. You no, know, I, I got this contract from this, right? My my group of cl- uh, collective coaches, like, hey, you know what? I got, I landed this new thing because of what you shared or you shared this speaking opportunity or whatever. I'm like, I'm not doing that to get anything. I don't need anything. If yeah. I receive, um, hey, I'll take it. But I'm just giving because I love to give. I love. I want to make sure that people around me win. And yeah. that when they do, you do, and that, that is the bottom line too. I think you know the, sure. the more that we are open to abundance, and to me, abundance is this river that's kind of passing through me. You know, it's not yeah. not a pond I sit in. It's it's <laughs> coming and it's going and it's coming and it's going and. And I have to actively participate in that. I have to actively put out too, right? Like pass it along. And abundance shows up in a million different ways, not just money. Uh, it's in exactly what you're talking about, putting out that energy or putting out that connection or um, all these other ways that you can can give and be free flowing, not holding on going, ah, you know, like where's mine um, and trusting that, it all does circulate, comes back around. Yeah. yeah, I love that. What are some marks of a really good leader? Like, what are some of the things that when you're you're in talking to a new client, you're like, oh, I see like three or four things, like you're definitely missing that we need to build. Um, or on the other side of that, like when you're with someone, you're like, wow, they really have it. Are there a couple, couple things that just come to mind? Yeah, the the psychometrics versus like the demographics that come from that come to mind for me are one, this person's just fun. I, I love to be with people who are just fun, that are enthusiastic. Uh, I love people being with people that are relentless, that are just driven. Like you put a you put a wall in their way, they're gonna be like, I'm gonna chip it down, I'm gonna climb it, I'm gonna dig a hole under, I'm gonna get ten people with me, and we're gonna smash it, right? Just those out the box thinkers. Uh, people who are ambitious leaders who are who have integrity. Mm. I think that may be the biggest thing, right? It's someone who says what they're going to do and they actually do it. Because yeah. so often our words, a mentor of mine, this guy Steve Hardison says, sometimes our words we have to think about our, our words like inflation. And if we give a little too much and we don't back it up, then the, the value of it goes down. Yep. So can we speak gold? Can we listen for gold? And can we speak gold? And leaders that do well with me, that thrive with me, they're, they have those characteristics. But but fun being a big thing of just someone who can be creative and see possibility. If they come from a place of, oh, Alex, I already know that. Yeah. Okay, well, you can know what you know. I'm going to find somebody who's like, you know, I don't know that. And now sure. these start to yeah. The wheels are going to turn. They're going to be, they're going to be innovative. Yeah. Energy, right? Like someone who has good energy, that, that energy yes. that, that attracts people around them. I always say there's, I think we all probably have a boss that sticks out in our mind who is the worst boss you ever had. And then <laughs> one who's the best boss you ever had. And um, I reference him and I'll shout him out, Bobby Belichon. And he was the CEO of Xero still is uh, the company that I first started working with after my life exploded. Um, and he was just, he had that factor, right? He had the factor that, um, was not only energy, but it was energy mixed with integrity. That's a great way to put it. Uh, and 
also had that ability to believe in you or to help you to get to believe in yourself without being cheesy. Like it's hard to explain. I think it just is some people are pretty innate with it. Um, but man, you just, you just want to like go to bat for it. <laughs> you want, yeah. you believed in the vision. You were willing to do whatever it took. Like you wanted to step up. You wanted to meet that expectation, that level of expectation because at least for me, I mean, it was at a time in my life too, where no one believed in me. So I think like having someone like see potential and trust me and be like, Hey, I know you're going to figure this out. I know you got this, like come ask questions if you have them, but you're capable. You know, I think that that's maybe one of those intangible things that just is such an important quality in a leader. Do you see that as well? Yeah, it said invisible, intangible. One of the I'll shout one of my old employers out. This guy Neil Alcala, and he he was just different from anybody I ever met with. Like we would have, I was a sales rep at the time, and we would have like two hour meetings. I'm like, should, should I get back to work? And he was just really interested in me, interested in like how I was thinking about prospecting different clients, and he was just he was direct, but he was like very gentle. I was like, I, I really want to, I. Not only do I love working for him, but I just want to be around him because I love yeah. that kind of energy. And you, you you hit the nail on the head. Like it's that invisible thing that 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 it you just can't put your finger on, but it's like the glow, right? If you if mm-hmm. you, I'm gonna date myself right now, like Glass Dragon, like the glow, like showing up yeah. or Bruce Lee, right? Right? They just they have that thing, and that attracts people that, into their orbit, right? Versus themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've I've been that for people too. I've been boss people like, man, I love working with us, and I've been like, man, it got an a hole. Yeah. I hate that dude. Okay, two things can be true at the same time. That's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that leads me to the question of, you know, good energy and all that, like we just talked about is great, but I'm sure you have clients or have had clients in the past or even met somebody who the opposite is true. You walk in, you're like, oh, this energy is not my <laughs> vibe, right? Yeah. Uh, is there anything someone can do to like ch- truly change it or break it? I mean, my guess would be that first thing would be they would have to understand they have it <laughs> a little right. bit of awareness goes a long way right yeah yeah a lot, a lot of self-awareness for sure and I, I think part of that just being the willingness being aware and being willing and the, the other big part the thing that's scary for most people the thing that they think they're going to die is asking for help yeah asking like hey you know what can I improve and, and if they have that in them already like a little bit just a little spark that ember of it then I can work on it. I can I can fan the flame of that, but if that person's not open, they're not, um, if they don't see the possibility, then all right, you know what? Bless you. I hope the best for you, but there's billions of people in the world I can serve. I can't even serve them all, even if I tried, Right. but you're not going to be, I, I won't invest time with you. And it's not a judgment thing. I think that's a big thing. If we can release the judgment of it, like, man, I'm, uh, pe- I'm repelled. People are, are repelled by me. I'm such a bad person. Like, no, no, just let's drop that story for a second and let's look for, Hey, well, what, what do you love about people? What yeah. can you, what are the opportunities that are available? Who are the people around you that can, that you can serve and that can also benefit you. And it's not a manipulative thing. It's really just looking at like, who are the people in my orbit that are useful for me or are effective? Right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And being coachable. Right. <laughs> like you and I as coaches, we're not going <laughs> to anybody who's not coachable. Don't waste my time. Like, yeah. you know, like that my reputation is on the line. Like you've got to be willing to 
to see that there's a better way to do something. And then like you said, practice and implement and, you know, put it to work. Are there any last uh, kind of tips that you can share with our audience for someone who wants to maybe take their business to the next level, wants to be that strong leader, the leader that attracts everyone, like all the things we've been talking about. Are there any tips for, for that person out there? Yeah, the, the first place I really start with is one of the disciplines I talk about is ruthless honesty. And I use that terminology intentionally because it has to come to that place. It has to be like a ruthless, like what's the thing, right? If I cut you open, what's the thing that's there? And for some people, you know, even for myself, it's admitting, you know, I, I want to be, I want to be famous. Yeah. I want to walk into places and have people know where I want. I want to get rich. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. There's no shame in that. Like, yeah, I want money. I want to advance my position in life. I want to yeah. benefit my kids. I want my, I want wealth to be generational and passed down to my great grandkids, all that kind of stuff. And honesty of, all right, why am I really building this? You know, that that's the, that's the fun stuff. That's the superficial stuff. But like, what's the real impact I'm going to make on this world? What's my legacy going to look like? And if, you may not have all the answers right now, but if I can get you to a, a little bit of that picture of like, you know what, for, for me, my, my work, I want to really, I, I love working with people of color. I mean, I've, I've had white clients too. That's not, I'm not segregating. Right, right. I'm just saying like, I see the opportunity for circulating wealth in different communities and, and passing down information and knowledge and transfer my experience, my belief in people right, into helping them do incredible things that they never thought was possible so for you listening get honest with yourself what is it you really want and i know that's a cliche thing but it's one of the hardest questions to answer though no lie like it is we lie to ourselves so in so many layers like you said like you know be honest like if you want to be famous you want to be famous cool now we can put a plan together (laughs) now we can like strategy like i can't do shit if you're not telling me exactly what it is that you want if you're not admitting what you want and if you're not you know willing to say yeah okay because that's what turns on desire and if you don't have desire we got nothing to work with you know like i don't know desire is a big part of that book right it's got to be that burn desire it's got to be the thing that man no matter what obstacle happens right and you know for you you know you as a single mother you have a desire to make sure your kids are fed your kids are clothed that's your commitment there's no thinking about man did my kids eat today like no no that's not even like they eat they 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 get dressed they do all this stuff and you protect them yeah that's your so i say all that for entrepreneur whether you're a parent or not come to your business with that parent commitment like my business needs this. So I am committed to doing this every single day. And even it doesn't have to be 10 calls a day, 25 calls a day, but you have your standard standard of excellence, your minimum standard. If I don't do this, my business dies. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to know what that is, right? And the only way to know is to, to work it and to say, oh, this is working or this has worked five out of 10 times. Cool. Like, yeah. And, and then I can hone it. And, but to your point really quickly, that desire is so important because if you're not honest with yourself, you'll never have desire. Those two things are like chicken and egg, right? So <laughs> people, are, people are like, well, I don't really feel super passionate about that. Well, no wonder, <laughs> like, A, you haven't identified what it is you want in the first place. So yeah. shocker. Um, but that 
clarity and being real with yourself on the ultimate kind of outcome yeah. is the thing that sparks everything else. And without that, all the work is so much harder. Like you don't get the results you want. It just, you're you'll quit. back in the sledge. Yeah. You'll just, you'll quit. Yeah. And then, you know, and I have this philosophy that if it's not fun, it doesn't get done. And that yeah. doesn't mean like, Oh my God, this isn't, this is boring. Right. Coaching and business. It's meant to be boring. Like the people that are successful, you know, relationships that are successful, it's it it can, it can be boring. Like, yeah, you got to spice it up, things like that. But I, I joke around. I think about people who are in these explosive relationships. Well, you have no idea what's going to happen. It's unpredictable. That person may come in the door and you it's know whatever drama is going to that drama cloud is following them. I want something that's steady, that's simple, repeatable, predictable, yeah. systematic. Growth. Yeah. yeah. And Over it grows. Time. And yeah. I can I can track it. I can I can build upon it. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for pouring in all of your wisdom. Yeah. Uh, I love this conversation so much. Where can everybody uh, follow you, support you, and and you know, reach out? Yeah. So two places, alexdumascoaching.com. That's my website, and you can get a uh, free copy of uh, my Everybody Wins. This is an audio uh, production that I did. And you can, um, LinkedIn is where I'm most active. So Alex Dumas, D-U-M-A-S, you find me, we'll connect, say hi. I'm a real person. And- <laughs> I love it. And I'll have all that in our show notes as well. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Alex. Love this. And uh, until next time, everybody, get out there and hustle and thrive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.